0: From the Brainswell Media Studios, this is the Sales Training World broadcast with your sales coach, Ryan Dorn. Ryan is an Emmy winner, a certified business coach, and a 25-year sales and marketing veteran. He has trained over 4,000 sales professionals in seven countries, and he still sells today. No fluff, no bull. Tactical and practical sales and business advice to help your business go places you never thought possible. Welcome to Sales Training World, Now, your sales coach, your business coach, your host, Ryan Dorn. Hello, friends. Ryan Dorn here, and welcome to the Sales Training World Podcast for the month of December 2017. 2017 is gone, my friends. Sales are over. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Don't stop selling through the month of December. We talked about that. If you missed the last podcast, you want to keep your sales going strong through December. Because even though people don't have their budgets approved until February or March or April or even May sometimes, good grief, don't stop selling, keep prospecting and uh, get those meetings, get to those meetings if you can this month and as you come across objections and you start closing some deals, presenting some proposals, uh, you're probably going to find that you need to negotiate a little bit. So today we're going to focus in on seven negotiating skills of sales superstars. So I hope you're going to find this uh, podcast to be very, very helpful. All right, uh, gang, who would our questions come from today? I've got some help here. The question sheet, please. (laughs) Thanks. Okay, so uh, Ashley from Milwaukee, you're going to be up here in just a minute. We'll answer your question on cold calling. Uh, Robbie from Fort Lauderdale, using email for prospect. Good question. We'll get to you in just a second. And then Jack from Henderson, Nevada, right outside Las Vegas. Jack, we will get to your question uh, on your market being really competitive. We'll do that after we talk about uh, negotiating. So maybe you have some questions you want to get answered. Drop those questions over to me. Pretty easy. My email address is just ryan at ryandorn.com. Ryan at ryandorn, dorn Com. Hey, for those of you that are in the media sales business, listen up. Ad sales people, listen up. We've got a new podcast for you. Uh, this podcast is great for you, but we've got a new one that's specific to advertising sales. It's called Ad Sales Nation. And you can find that on iTunes. You can search Ad Sales Nation or Ad Sales Training Nation. You'll find that or search my name, Ryan Dorn, D-O-H-R-N. You'll find it there. Or check out adsalesnation.com. Again, that's adsalesnation.com. For those of you in the media business, um, maybe some of you don't know where I came from in my background. So I've been selling for 28 years, spent a lot of time in media and technology. And so my sales uh, background spans about 17 different industries, but spent the majority of my life in media and the technology side of uh, the business. So that's where ad sales comes from in advertising in my life. So hey, if you're looking for a challenging career, you're tired of selling what you're selling, uh, look into the advertising business. <laughs> it's it's tough, man. It's tough, but sure is a ton, a ton of fun. All right, we'll get your listener questions here in just a couple of minutes. But um, hey, first, let's talk about seven negotiating or negotiation skills of sales superstars. I'm sure that you all would agree that if you can negotiate, uh, you can ramp your sales. Unfortunately... A lot of folks are just not very good uh, at negotiating. They're not trained well. So they do things like splitting the difference with people and and giving a range to people and things like that, and it just really doesn't work out. So let's talk about this. So let's talk through these seven tips. Number one, when I'm negotiating with somebody, whether I'm selling a car or I'm trying to get a good deal uh, at a a restaurant or whatever... (laughs) I do negotiate all the time. My wife hates it. Number one, let the prospect speak first. Let your client speak first. That's number one. You've presented the terms of your deal. The prospect, maybe they want to negotiate them. So let them start the conversation. So in the spirit of being accommodating, salespeople are often tempted to offer a discount or an adjustment before the prospect even opens their mouth. And you don't want to do that. That's called negotiating against yourself. So when I get to the end of a proposition, the end of a pitch or whatever, I simply say, so what do you think? That's it. So what do you think? Now, I've talked a lot about writing a book called Sell Less, Sell More, but the title doesn't work. I think people wouldn't buy it because they don't want to sell less. What I want to share with you when you're negotiating is if you get into salesperson mode, quote unquote, salesperson mode Um, You're not going to do well. People don't like to negotiate with salespeople, but they will talk with normal people like you and me, just normal people. So don't get into sales mode and don't be negotiating against yourself and just simply say, so what do you think at the end of your pitch? What do you think? They're going to tell you it's too expensive. This isn't right. That's not right or whatever. So I would say that typically price is what it comes down to in almost all circumstances. Now, remember, Price becomes the deciding factor when two products seem similar. So have you done a good job differentiating yourself from your nearest competitor? Or have you done a good job providing value to that client for what they want or to spend? Or have you solved their problems? Things like that. But very often it will come down to price. So I always like to to let the prospect speak first. Let them bring it up first. Then... I move on to skill number two. Skill number two is understanding that great negotiators don't give a range. Okay. So if the customer would like money knocked off your product's price tag, I'm not going to say something like, well, I could probably reduce the cost by 15, 20, 30%. So we think about it. What do you want? If I offered you 15, 20, 30%, where are you going to go as a prospect, an advertiser, whatever? I'm going to go right away to the 20%. So I always want to quote one specific number of figure and then go higher if needed. The word between giving a range should be avoided at all costs. So I probably would say if they said, hey, it's too expensive, I might say, well, first of all, do you like the solution? Do you like the idea? Does this solve your problem or whatever? Get the get it off of money for a second. Yeah. All right. So where do you feel that it needs to be? Where do you want the price to be? And then let them throw it out. And let's just say they say 25% off. And it might say, well, I, I don't know that I can do 25% um, as we you know, monitor our business and things like that. That's not really something we could typically do. But let me say, what about, what about something about 5%? Could we, If we could come within 5% or so, would that work for you? And then let them negotiate with you. Don't give them a range and don't give the number so big. All right, so number three, I think this is intuitive, but a lot of people do this. Understand that if you're going to be a great negotiator, you need to negotiate with the decision maker. Negotiate with the decision maker. Now, I mean, this tip might seem obvious, but um, I I read sales expert uh, John Holland, and he says many salespeople make the mistake of negotiating with the wrong person. And I agree. So When you begin to talk about price, one of the things that I typically will say is, Hey, so I'm happy to to talk about price with you and talk about value-added features and things like that. And I hope you don't misunderstand what I'm saying, but a lot of times I'll negotiate with somebody and then they have to go and, and negotiate with their boss. So what I'd love to do is is figure out if you and I negotiate this together, do you have the authority to make a decision on this? Or is there a way that I can that we can work together to negotiate with your boss so that we're not doing this twice? Because if we do it twice, then it takes a lot of time for both of us. Or I like to negotiate right with the boss. But a lot of times I think you would recognize, unfortunately in the sales world, that doesn't happen. I mean, it just doesn't. We don't have the opportunity to negotiate with the decision maker. So we end up negotiating twice. And that's what I'm trying to avoid. So again, I might just phrase it very humbly and kindly Hey, you know, I, I, I'm happy to talk about price, but what often happens is I'll negotiate with you, then you've got to go negotiate with your boss, and then you both come back to me with a different number. Could we either, A, could we talk with that person now to negotiate, or could you and I work together to negotiate with your boss? And that usually is a little bit easier way to, to handle it. Or see if they've got the authority. I mean, heck, maybe they've got the authority. All right, fourth skill, fourth negotiating skill of sales superstars is understanding that I always like to get something if I'm going to give something. So I like to get something in return for the concessions that I'm going to give. I mean, healthy salesperson-customer relationships are really born out of a a mutual respect, some trust. So with this in mind, salespeople really shouldn't accept every single one of the prospect's demands without requesting more from from, from the prospect. So I want to keep it a win-win on both sides, but obviously I want to get something if I'm going to give something. So for example, in the media business, one of the things that I do often is I'll say, okay, so you say the price of the advertisement is too expensive. I'll tell you what, I'll come off the price 15% if you would actually commit to six months as opposed to the three that you're talking about or something along those lines. So, for example, if you're negotiating a software contract, which um, I do that quite a bit, if you're negotiating a service-level agreement or something like that, and they say, well, the price is is too much. Well, okay, so if we take the price down to where you want it, what if we then just maybe took some of the customer service time and backed that off? And the reason I do that is because I want them to understand by reducing the price, I'm going to take something off the table. I'm going to take customer service help off the table. I'm going to reduce your training hours, which actually in the software business, that's not very smart. Um, you don't want to reduce training hours, but the fear of losing customer support might be enough to get them to come up you know, on the price. So get something in return for what you're going to give. All right, number five. So for those of you just joining us, we're talking about seven negotiating skills of sales superstars. And quite honestly, there's probably 50 st- skills, to be honest. But I like number five, expand the conversation beyond money. All right. So take the negotiating conversation beyond money. So if they're focused, if they're so fixated on on um, on the price, it's sort of like when you're driving a car. Um, right now, my son is learning to to drive, and I keep telling him if you fixate on something and you look at it, you'll drive right into it. You'll drive if you look to the right, then you're going to drive to the right. If you stare at the car in the lane next to you, you're probably going to hit the car in the lane next to you. Same thing when you're negotiating with a client, and that is very often they get so freaking fixated on price they can't see the proverbial forest through the trees so what i like a lot of times what i'll want to do is okay so um, i know that you want to get a, a price reduction on this let me first clarify so do you believe that this product is going to solve your problem yeah right do you think that this you know is going to be going to happen you know in a quick time frame Is going to make you happy yeah maybe so where would the price need to be knowing that this is going to fix your problem and it's going to ha- fix it quick where do you feel the price needs to be? And then let them give you the number. Don't negotiate against yourself. Expand the conversation beyond money. Now, I'm, 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 I'm going to expand the conversation and talk about value, uh, solutions, uh, problem solving, the differentiating factors that my company brings to the equation. But I'm not going to just say, you know, oh, yellow rabbit, purple bunny. <laughs> I'm not doing stupid things that a lot of these sales uh, trainers will teach, um, like bringing up a different subject. I mean that doesn't make any sense. And that's why these sales strategies taught by so many nationally acclaimed trainers are don't work. Number one, they don't work because half of these cats haven't sold anything in the last 15 years other than their own books. I actually sell some stuff every day. So that's the other piece of it. The other thing is distracting is not something that people enjoy. When you distract someone, they're going to have to come back to that pain point anyway. I remember learning that in my, you know, Sandler training, to, you know, we got to figure out how to fix the pain. If we know the pain and we can fix the pain, um, what's relieving that pain worth? So that's where expanding the conversation beyond money comes into it. All right, six of seven, keep the conversation light. Six of seven, keep the conversation light. So, you know, although, the, you know, we sit on the opposite side of the table during the negotiation, You know, we want to be partners with this person. I mean, we don't want um, them to sign a deal under duress or stress or whatever. So, you know, I want to keep the conversation as light as, you know, as light as possible. And what I do, you know, in doing that is, you know, I you know, I try to just, you know, keep my tempo up in what I'm talking like I am now, try to keep my charisma high, keep my tempo up, really focus in on the things you heard him say, go back to your notes review your notes now, i don't tell a lot of jokes but i learn to keep the conversation light i don't want to get heavy and quiet and and sit down really deep in my chair i want to stay forward on my chair keep the conversation light i know you love this you know hey come on now we we know that um you know that you guys have got the money let's make this happen you know make just keep it light you don't want to be weird or anything like that just keep it light Um, Don't get so eye-locked and figured in. And What I also don't want you to do is be like a car salesman where you take the price and you write it on a piece of paper and shove it back and forth. (laughs) I recently recently heard somebody talking about this as a strategy when selling software, and I thought, who are you? Have you sold anything in the last 20 years? Seriously, try that on a millennial buyer and see what happens, sliding this piece of paper back and forth. Like, good grief, 1996 is calling. They want you back. (laughs) <laughs> Jeez! all right seventh strategy of sales superstars in negotiations walk away walk away i mean people sometimes you got to walk away sometimes you just have to say i don't think we can make it happen god i really wanted you as a client we really wanted to solve your problems we really wanted to make this happen but as i look at it i just i don't think it's going to work so i'm just going to have to say we we'll we we'll have to pass we we'll have to walk away and what's interesting is when you tell somebody you're not a good fit or you don't think that it's going to work out or whatever the circumstance is, a lot of times they're like, well, hey, a lot of times they're like, well, wait, wait, wait a minute. What do you mean? This isn't going to work out. So I, I'm ready to walk away. You know, I'm ready to walk away, you know, if necessary. I mean, negotiations are a part of our sales life each and every day. If you're not negotiating, you're not sitting in a lot of meetings. Now, some people say I never negotiate. Well, OK, well, I mean, good for you. Um, you know when I moved to the south they said a little saying down here bless your heart Um, that could be you know one of those sayings for you (laughs) bless your heart so let's go through the skills again seven negotiating skills of sales superstars number one let the prospect speak first don't negotiate against yourself number two don't give a range you know fixate on a number if you want to number three try to negotiate with a decision maker number four if you're going to give something get something number five expand the conversation beyond money don't fixate on money Number six, keep the conversation light, as lighthearted as you can without being silly. And then number seven, hey, if you need to, walk away, my friend, walk away. All right, that blog uh, that um, I just talked about, so I'm sorry, that topic I just talked about is also featured in my blog over at salestrainingworld.com, salestrainingworld.com. And again, for those of you that joined us from the ad sales business, the media sales side of the business, you can find a more specific blog for media sales over at adsalesnation.com or 360adsales.com. All right, how about so we get to our favorite part of the program, love this, love my listener questions. And uh, thrilled to be able to share that 75-some-thousand-odd people check out the podcast each and every month. Thanks so much to each and every one of you. I sure appreciate it. It's very humbling for me when I meet people even in the airport, you know, and stuff like that. So thrilled to help. All right, we got questions from Ashley. We got questions from Robbie and Jack. If you'd love to have your questions answered, love to answer them for you. Send them over to me, Ryan at ryandorn.com, D-O-H-R-N, Ryan at RyanDorn.com. If you'd like to have me come speak at your conference or something like that, check it out. RyanDorn.com. Like to have me come to your office, train your team. RyanDorn.com. <laughs> D o h r n. All right, Ashley. Good question, Ashley from Milwaukee, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, your college football team did pretty good. Sorry about you didn't make it all the way to the end there, but not bad this year. All right, Ashley asks. My cold calling seems to have died down to no results. My boss is a cold calling fanatic. He wants me to make more calls and they're just not working. What should I do? All right, Ashley, good question. Um, you know, cold calling is effective if it's done correctly. I think the thing that a lot of people do is they don't handle cold calling In the correct way one of the things that I do is I combine phones with email and I have a strategy to do that so when I'm cold calling what I'm doing is I'm doing a little research in advance of making that call I'm trying to identify something very specific that I can pinpoint out as a problem I can solve for that client I'm not doing generic phone telemarketing work and what I'm doing is a pattern of voicemail email Waiting 72 hours, voicemail, email, waiting 72 hours, voicemail, email, waiting 72 hours, voicemail, email. So I have a very, I have a politely persistent uh, pattern. And so I think it's important to understand there's two pieces to it. Just using the phone is fine, but I don't think it's enough. I think you need to use the phone and you need to use email. Most of the time, you're going to get voicemail. So, you want to make sure when you're leaving a voicemail and you're sending an email that you're highly specific to a problem, an industry, a solution, a product, something you're going to be able to help them with. Try to identify a potential pain point. Now, a lot of trainers will say, Ryan, you can't do that because you don't know the person and you don't know the pain points until you speak to them. Okay. I can't speak to them if I can't get them on the freaking phone. So what I've got to do is I've got to guess a little bit. You know your industry. You know your situation. Try to find pain points in general. So for example, let's just say that you're talking with, you're trying to call on some type of insurance agency or something like that, just as an example. I know from my software days that one of the things that they struggle with the most is getting, those, um, getting the quotes built in their systems. So for example, say your company uh, has software that solves that problem, does quick quotes or something like that. When you reach out to Steve Johnson at such and such insurance company, hey Steve, uh, and I don't say my name first, hey Steve, I've got an idea for you that would help you give faster quotes to your potential customers. My name is Ryan Dorn. I know you get a ton of sales calls from people. Sorry about that. I think I've got a great idea for you. I'm not going to sell you. I just want to share with you an idea. Could we chat on the phone next week? And then I do that in an email as well. So I want to get real specific. So, you know, Ashley, I want to encourage you to embrace the cold calling because it, it does work if you are specific. Telemarketing is what doesn't work. Marry that with an email campaign and make that campaign happen. Get in front of that client every 72 hours. Also, focus in on the top 20 list. In my book, Selling Backwards, I talk about a big 50 list. And the big 50 is me working 10 clients a day, five days a week. 10 clients a day times five days in a week, a big 50. So use math to your advantage, Ashley. Okay? Use math to your advantage. All right. Good question. All right. How about Robbie from Fort Lauderdale? Fort Lauderdale, Florida? Uh, love Fort Lauderdale. Great town. Um, go to the Bimini Club down there, Robbie. Have you been to the Bimini Club? I think that's what it's called. Great, great, tub, Great place for food and drinks after work. All right, Robbie asks, using email for prospecting works really well for me normally, but lately my response rate has dropped to less than 5%. Any thoughts? What should I do? All right, so Robbie, first and foremost, if your response rate on email prospecting is 5%, um, actually, you're not doing terrible. Um, The national average on sales prospecting, if you're fairly specific, is 15 to 20%. So you're not that far off. Maybe that's why you're emailing me. So a couple things that I would focus on. Number one, I want you to track your time of day. That's the first thing. Now, I find, everybody pay attention to this for a minute. If you're walking on the treadmill, pay attention for a minute. Keep track of your time of day. I have found there's two secret times of day to email prospects at 11.15 and 4.15 in their time zone. 11.15 and 4.15. I'll tell you why. People don't book meetings at 11.15 because they don't want to interrupt lunch. People don't book meetings at 4.15 because they don't want to interrupt happy hour or going home. So I would I would focus in on the times you're emailing people. I like 11.15 and 4.15. Unless you're selling to people that are out in the field, plumbers, landscapers, um, people like that, doctors, people that are out of the office, so to speak. So I'd focus on time of day that you're sending your emails and watch that. I also then would use tools like Boomerang. Okay, Boomerang is a, an add-on to Google Mail. And Outlook, use Boomerang to be sure that you're remembering to reach out to these people in a predictable pattern the way that I mentioned to Ashley in the previous question. Third, time of year. This is a time of year when most people are not used to to being sold to because most sales reps give up in the month of December. So it could be a timing thing. Also, the holidays will throw things off just a little bit. Doesn't mean you should stop. Don't stop. But consider that. Last, but uh, two more things. Subject lines. I want you to really focus in on your subject lines. Your subject lines need to be crazy specific to the person, to the company, to the need, to the industry. Crazy specific to the person, to the company, to the need, to the industry. No generic subject lines. So be really specific. Ryan, comma, I've got a great idea for you. Or Bob, comma, um, three ways. You know that we three reasons we should be working together. Um, Julie, comma, I've got an idea for your XT200 program be really specific okay? then last but not least super short, keep your prospecting emails to 3 sentences max my friends, don't be writing Moby Dick, war and peace 3 sentences max is all you really want to be uh, really what you want to be doing, that's it so really focus in on that alright Robbie, I hope that helps you man uh, reach back out to me, let me know um, how that helps All right, uh, last, but definitely not least, we do three questions each podcast. Jack from Henderson, Nevada. I love Henderson. Uh, Good friend Lance lives out in Henderson. Um, I've got um, a cousin, Melissa and Marty, that live in Henderson. Right outside Las Vegas. Great place. All right, Jack, your question. Our market is really competitive due to all the tourist traffic. Yep, we know that. I'm struggling to get meetings. Thoughts? on this yeah I do have some thoughts so um, Jack because I don't exactly know your product I did a little bit of research based upon the um, web website in your email a couple things I'd say for you number one is you really want to focus in on what is your differentiating factor what is it that you do different that's unique that's different now I think you're going to find and I don't have your permission Jack to tell you the name of your company so I'll be kind of generic here I think you're going to find that probably what you're selling is moderately similar to what other people are selling. So you guys are going to need to find a differentiating factor. Something that you do different, better, cheaper, faster, whatever. Um, You know, you got to pick good, fast, cheap. Pick two. Good, fast, cheap. Pick two. If it's going to be good, it's not going to be fast. If it's going to be fast, it's not going to be cheap. Um, If it's going to be cheap, it's probably, you know, cheap and fast, it's not going to be good. So good, fast, cheap. Pick two. So find a differentiating factor. I call it my D factor. Find a differentiating factor from the other folks. The other thing is many people are fixated on price, including salespeople. So be careful about always worrying about price. It could be that people are willing to spend a little bit more to solve a problem. So I would focus in, as I shared with Ashley and with Robbie, Jack, you really got to focus in. On Problem solving. What problems are are you solving for your clients? Share that with people. What are you doing to help your clients make money? See, I like to focus in when I'm coaching people. And John, my partner in crime here, John, corporate that coaches with me, I'm here in our office. I like to focus in on helping people save money, helping people save time. And so for me, I think those are the two big things. If you can focus in on saving somebody money and saving somebody time. Solving problems, you know, is also right in there. I think you want to really kind of guess what some of their problems are. And I think based on what I know about your product, Jack, I think you're gonna find you need to focus in on your differentiating factor. I mean, I think you're just too similar. Even your logo and the colors of your logo are similar to your nearest competitor. So you're gonna need to differentiate yourself a little bit and you might need a stronger value proposition on that, so. All right, Jack and Robbie, uh, Ashley, thanks for your questions. If you've got questions you'd like uh, for me to answer, love to take a look at them. Uh, my email address is ryan at ryandorn.com. Ryan at ryandorn.com, D-O-H-R-N. Love to come in and train your team or John would like to coach you. I'd like to coach you. If you're looking for a sales coach, uh, it's actually really affordable. Um, so what a great way to kick off the new year is hiring a sales coach. So reach out to us. Uh, again, it's ryan at ryandorn, dot com. You can check us out over at salestrainingworld.com for more blogs and more podcasts, more information and all of that kind of stuff. Well, um, as we bring the new year to uh, the uh, old year to an end and we ring in the new year, I look forward to uh, seeing you in January, but I just want to take a real brief second to just thank you for your support all through the last two years. 2017, we launched this podcast and it's uh, it really has done great. And it's because of you and you sharing uh, this with others. And I just, I'm, I really, really mean it. I just can't thank you enough. My family thanks you. I thank you. Uh, When the credit card gets swiped and it says approved, I thank you so much (laughs) for that. So I'd love to get you on the calendar and come train your teams or speak at your conference uh, or your sales meeting. Love sales meetings. I make sales meetings fun. Uh, Bring me in in 2018 or John and we'll have a great time uh, with you. All right. Well, as I always say, if sales was easy, everybody be doing it and they're not So we're either crazy or we found an awesome career that will feed our families for a lifetime. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas to you. Uh, God bless. We'll see you out on the street, friends. And be safe out there. Uh, Save your money over the holidays and be safe on New Year's Eve, too. All right, friends. We'll see you out on the street. Take care.